he went out at the same time as the dog. They they often just come in in pairs to annoy me, hmm. and then go out, or they take it in turns. They sort of tag team. So I get the dog in here for a minute. This is normally about two in the morning. I get the dog in here. She she gets up on the bed and tries to sleep for a bit. Then the cat comes in and starts kind of like messing with my face because he likes doing that. Then the dog will get annoyed and move off, and then the cat will, and then it just repeats. And I could shut my door, but then the cat meows, or the dog scratches at the door. I can't win. I'm just beloved by animals. You're like Dr. Doolittle. I am, I am. Dr. Do absolutely nothing. Yes. (laughs) Dr. Do out. Are you going to bark all day? So I've, I've seen the first three Home Alone, so I can do that now, but I can't do four, five, and six. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. No, 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 with the Home Alone thing, yes, I've seen the first three. I was giving myself a little mental break before I tackled four, five, and six. <laughs> it's, it's important, man. Around this time of year, you need to protect your mental health. But I did manage to squeeze in a, uh, a Christmas one-shot, so let's do that first. Okay, is this part of our blight before Christmas? No, because it's not bad. Blight is a bad thing, isn't it? So Home Alone is a, is a bad thing because it turns bad. It turns bad, whereas this is, this is just Christmas classic. This is, this is OG Christmas. This is, this is what we do every year. This is our Christmas tradition. Okay. But, you know, I've used all my best ones, so, <laughs> so I've got another choice now. That's very much what I was feeling. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, ho, 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 and welcome. You're listening to the Popcorn Bucket Podcast with Ben and Rob. This is a regular look at the wonderful world of films, film franchises, and film nonsense. This week is a one-shot episode where we pick a topic and choose a standalone film to discuss with full spoilers, which isn't connected to a sequel, spin-off, or prequel, and hope that the other hasn't picked it, and hope that we have chosen wisely and uniquely. This week, the random popcorn maker of film topics has popped out, Christmas Movies 2023. And it is raining, so if you hear that on the mic, that's the rain. Christmas rain. No, it's not, it's not raining here. Oh, good, the dog's here. <laughs> and a Christmas dog. Hello. And a, and a Christmas spot dog. She has no etiquette whatsoever. She doesn't knock anymore. Just barrels in. Oh, and the cat's here too. A whole menagerie. Animals, you can stay in here, but you have to be quiet. The dog's going out. <laughs> I guess that was a deal breaker. Than what the cat's doing. Right. So, old business, I guess. Old business? So, we never actually revealed the results of last year's one shot. It could be because I thought it would be nice to hold on to the Christmas one. It could be because I forgot to do it in time for January last this year. Who knows? You denied who, who is to say? So, a whole you year. You denied forgetting last time. Sorry? A whole year. You denied forgetting. You said that this was an intentional feature type dealy it could be i can't remember now it could be it could have just been narrative convenience yeah so so you've had you've been voting all year oh wait no you haven't rob put it up like two days ago yes well there's no point talking about christmas movies in july if we made it a feature it could be true unless you're in australia where they have christmas in july 
Yeah, exactly. Um, Christmas is a state of mind anyway. That's true. Right. And a date on the calendar. So, and a date on the calendar. So I'd forgotten what you went for. Yes, I thought you, you went for, is it spirited on Apple? Because you talked about that, but I think I might have been a, you nearly went for it. I talked about it, but I didn't actually do it. I chose Krampus. You chose Krampus. And I tro- chose Klaus on Netflix, which is a charming yes. animated film. Yes. Mine is not, well, it's charming in its own way, but it's not animated. No. Oh, it's a Netflix film, I found out. What? Krampus? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Well, the poster had the Netflix logo on it. Oh, maybe it was one of those things where they just co-opted it. I have no idea. Maybe, no, that's a different one. Isn't that a different one named Krampus? I have no idea. I'm confused. I don't know. It's the poster I used anyway. I didn't look. <laughs> I should have looked. I should check your work is what should happen, but I don't. So anyway, Krampus versus Klaus. So... One year, later, One year later, who won? So people voted in their thousands, and <clears throat> there was one clear winner. Klaus with 80% of the vote versus Krampus with 20% of the oh, vote. Well, I've worked that bit out. Okay, well, congratulations. Belated congratulations, I suppose. Thank you very much. But uh, congratulations. Did I go first or second last year? Oh, I can't remember last year. Last last week I went first. Last time I went first. So you can go first this year. That'll be my Christmas gift to you. Oh, okay. So yes, yeah. I still haven't seen Klaus. I, 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 there's still time before Christmas, but I just haven't seen it for. I really this, do recommend so I could, it. I could then talk about it. With you. Yeah, no. I, 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 it sounds cool. It sounds. It sounds really good. So I will check it out. In fact, I watched something new for this one shot. Did you? Because I I don't know if the recording if 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 we picked it up, but I was saying that we're in our third year of doing this now. Yes. So I picked I picked my all time favorite in It's a Wonderful yeah. Life, and I picked a sort of oddball choice in Krampus. But now I'm kind of like, hmm, what, what what do I go for? What what is what do I do? So. I decided that I'd actually watch an old film that I hadn't seen before. So I'd seen the remake, but I realised I had never seen the original Miracle on 34th Street. Okay, there's not a trailer by today's standards, obviously, for a film from 1947. So there's a lot of music with quotes and actors' names, so I will read them out. Apologies. That is the greatest picture I have ever made. And I've got the angle on the trailer. Boys, we've got to get across to the public that that picture has everything. Why, it's hilarious. It's romantic. It's tender. It's charming. It's delightful. It's exciting. And it's groovy. Yes, yes, Mr. Schaefer. That does it, boss. Mr. Schaefer, you've got a great idea. Naturally. Now, I'll tell you what we do. You'll love Miracle in 34th Street. It's hilarious, romantic, delightful. Charming, tender, exciting. Yes, and groovy. No kidding, it's a good picture. Okay. If you want the uh, the rundown, 
Miracle on 34th Street, 1947, directed by George Seaton, written by George Seaton and Valentine Davis, starring Ed- Edmund Gwen, Maureen O'Hara, John Payne, Gene Lockhart, Natalie Wood, Porter Hall, William Frawley. Oh, God, loads of people. Loads of people you've never heard of. So, the question is, Roberto, have you seen this? I have not seen either. Ah, you see, because I was familiar with the 90s remake. The one with Dickie Attenborough and Mara Wilson. I mean, do you know the basic premise? Uh, no. Uh, is it about a shop? Well, kind of, in a way. Um, it's about Macy's, big department stores, Macy's and Gimbal's in, um, I assume, on 34th Street. Well, I'll, I'll let IMDb summarise it. After divorced New York mother hires a nice old man to play Santa Claus at Macy's, she is startled by his claim to be the genuine article. When his sanity is questioned, a lawyer defends him in court by arguing he's not mistaken. So, it starts off with Maureen Hara's character, Doris, Doris Walker, and she's in charge of the... Because, you know, Macy's have a, have a Christmas, Thanksgiving Christmas parade type yes, deal. Yeah, yeah. Is that the thing that Elf is? Is Elf it's in Macy's? Famous, yeah. Or is that Gimbal's? I think he's in. I think he's in Macy's. I'm not not entirely sure. Gimbal's because that is the thing. They coexisted on that street for the longest time, even though they were doing the same thing. But then, then Macy's won that sort of rivalry. So Gimbal's, I think, folded probably in the nineties. So yeah. So the, she's she's all stressed. She's in charge of the of the parade, and their Santa Claus is drunk. He's off his ass drunk, and there happens to be an old white bearded man who kind of comes up and he, he's, he's asking questions. He's trying to get him to use the, um, the, the sort of riding whip type thing for the, the reindeer. I'm sure there's a technical crop. name for the it, crop. but it is the riding the whip crop. type thing. I, I think it's the crop, but it's, it's the one with the super long kind of thing. I thought the crop was like shorter. Maybe it is the crop, whatever, the crop. And, and he can't do it because he's super drunk. And he said, well, what am I meant to do on a cold day? And so this guy eventually steps in and he already said that, you know, it was a shameful thing and it was a mockery of who he is. And after, you know, the parade happens and everyone's reacting really well to this new Santa Claus. He seems awesome and everything. And they decide to have him as a department store Santa. And yeah, he's, he's a little different to normal department store Santas. And yes, you do feel that, yes, maybe, maybe he's the real deal. And the, the idea is that, that the woman in charge, Doris, she's got a daughter who, they're both very, very practical and sceptical. So she, she hasn't brought up her daughter to believe in any fairy tales, any fantasy, any type things. And she doesn't believe there is a Father Christmas slash Santa Claus slash Kris Kringle. Because I'd never really heard Chris Kringle. We, in this country, we don't really call him Chris Kringle, but it's a much more of an American thing. We would call him Christopher Crumples. <laughs> that would be a good. That would be a good name for him. But um, but yeah. So so then it's it's about getting people to kind of believe in the whole thing. And as I said, it, it goes. To, it comes to a point where they're like, this man has some serious mental is- issues because he believes that he is the actual. Santa Claus. And uh, at one point, they commit him to Bellevue. And um, 
And yeah, and it, What's it's... What's that Apart from a park in Newport? It's a, it's a mental hospital, okay. a very famous mental hospital. I've never heard of it. Uh, okay, well, it's famous to people not Rob. Uh, but yeah, Bellevue. It's a nice park. Yeah, pretty famous. If you're in the area, you should go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do that. But don't go to Bellevue Mental Hospital because I, I don't think it exists anymore. I've, I didn't do that research into this. I didn't feel that we were going on this tangent. I'll find out for you now. Please do. Yeah, so I was I was super familiar with the '90s remake because it was just one of those things. It was just you know it was one of those kind of films that were always on, coincidentally around Christmas. It's weird, isn't it? But I thought, okay, well, if this is the remake, and and it was it was written by uh, well, yeah, adapted by John Hughes. So, and you know, it it had some magic to it, but I thought. Let's go back and see the actual original. And uh, it's all in black and white, although it was one of the first films to be colorized. Um, but I saw it in the black and white version because that's what the olden days were in. And yeah, my first time seeing it. And I was very, very charmed by it. I, c- I can sort of see that the stuff in the remake, a lot of the good stuff from that does directly come from the original. It's like they got it right kind of way back when, well, 1947, you know, including the cute kid, including the, the kindly Chris Pringle. Yeah, they, they do a really, really good job with it. I mean, um, it, it was this was an Oscar winning movie uh, and Edmund Gwen won the, the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor, even though he's the actor with the most screen time. But it's just Maureen O'Hara and uh, John Penn with bigger names. Apparently, this was originally released in May wow. <laughs> uh, because summer movies tend to tended to make more money, and that was the thing. And they hid the fact that it was a Christmas movie. They were focusing on this sort of well, they weren't they romance between the two leads rather than Santa and everything like that. And yet, it was still popular. And yet, it still it was still going by the time Christmas actually rolled around. And, but then, you know, films lasted a lot longer in cinemas back yes. then. It was well before they came onto streaming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bellevue is still a hospital. It's just it doesn't really focus on the use to treat mentally ill patients. So Bellevue became a, a pejorative slang term for a psychiatric hospital. Yeah. But it still exists. Yeah, it's it's a New York's major hospital. Okay. And um, well, there you go. Yes. Gimbals went out of business in 1987. Awesome. Anyway, so so yeah, I you know there when you revisit these things outside of things like It's a Wonderful Life or Singing in the Rain or you know anything like hmm. that, you kind of think, oh, is this going to work? Is this is you know is it just too old hat now in a lot of ways? And no, I think it's it's mostly focused on just the dialogue and. and and Chris Kringle being just a nice man. One of the one of the sort of very memorable things in the remake is that when he's when he's in the uh, the departments, you know, they've got the line of kids, and the kid comes up on the lap, and he asks them what they want for Christmas and whatever. There's a there's a deaf girl who you know, and her her, the, her parents explains that you know she can't communicate and whatever but then santa signs to her and her face just lights up and it's a lovely lovely scene oh that happens However, in the original go on. Well, i was gonna say that happens in noel 
the Disney film with Anna Kendrick, where she's uh, the daughter of Father Christmas. And it's about her basically taking on the role. And as she becomes more like Santa, there's a bit where there's a deaf girl here, um, who the mum says can't speak. So she just, uh, Anna Kendrick just starts signing. And that's meant to show that she's that, become more like that's Santa. Almost certainly yes. yeah, yeah. That's almost certainly a shout out to a miracle. In the original, it's actually, uh, she's actually a Dutch girl who doesn't speak any English. Okay. Um, and she was adopted and, and then... Santa speaks fluent dub with her and they sing a Christmas song together and it's 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 very sweet. Yeah, I, I was not expecting this to work as well as it does. I mean, it's a classic for a reason, I get that, but then, you know, sometimes sometimes the shine has come off these things because, you know, society has moved on. Society is kind of, you know, it, it, this may be a, a very kind of like naive, kind of nice take on everything, whereas modern cynical times, we kind of... we for a bit of bite with our stuff. I, I do think you should sort of suspend that around Christmas, though. Well, yeah, and I think I think that is an important thing. I think that's a good point. I think that that is an important thing because you, you sort of tap into the sort of childhood glee of the season. You know, you, you tap into to that that headspace where you want to believe and, and you do believe and, and, you know, you feel Christmas and you feel the spirit of the season. And, yeah, this... I mean, this ends up, you know, with a basic court case where he has to prove he's Father Christmas. And it's such a great concept for, for a for a thing. I think the film, it's, it suggests very much that he is the real Father Christmas. He is the real Santa Claus. But there's always the thing, he could just be a kindly old man who is just delusional. But he's not hurting anyone. And in fact, he's improving people's lives. So... You know, good luck to him. I think, I think the fact that he makes believers out of out of the the cynical Doris and uh, Susan, her daughter, is lovely, and I think it's it's like really well done. Because um, over the course, you know, she's she's kind of testing Chris Kringle almost, and and you know, different different kind of things, and and he's just he's just a nice man. He's, you don't get kindly old men like this anymore <laughs> you probably do but you don't see them in films that often it, it's you know you can see why dickie attenborough was tapped to play him in the more recent remake because that sort of kindly cuddly type vibe is kind of hard to find i think yeah it it is very very interesting it is yeah i was surprised at like how much it was all there like kind of the in retrospect then i can see that the remake was kind of just adding a hat upon a hat like all the stuff that already worked was already there it's just the remake kind of modernized it a bit more and and did a few a few other things it's mara but wilson in the remake, I isn't it really I mara think, wilson well, matilda in the remake yes yeah so that yeah she's the she's the sweet little kid and and, and and I think she's a more believable kid than Natalie Wood in in this because again of this time it's you know your precocious child actor it's it's the it's the child actor that didn't really have a childhood uh, because they grew up on screen so yeah I, I, yeah I think I think you know the remake has that in its favour but yeah I I really really recommend watching this. Both of them are on Disney Plus. 
but I, I do suggest I do suggest watching the original first because I was charmed by it and it felt like a film. Well, I kind of had seen it before, but it felt like a familiar film without me knowing exactly what was going to happen. You know, it actually felt like a, an old classic, despite it being the first time I watched this. And maybe that's just because I'm familiar with the remake. But I don't know. I think there's something very, very pure and wholesome about this. I, it, it taps into that sort of wonderful life type deal where it's just like it's just like a hug in a movie. It's 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 great. Um, yeah, I really really enjoyed it, and I think that's added to the the Christmas rewatch mm. list now. So you know, every year I am going to trot out. 1947's A Miracle on 34th Street. If you're watching both, it'll be 68th it's, Street. Uh, yeah. Yes. Exactly. It's a quality street. Nice. Thank you. There's probably something, uh, probably either one of them is something I should check out then, because I, I, I've never, the, yeah, the, the, even the remakes just, just passed me by. Oh, it's, it's, just, it's just a nice movie. Just a nice movie. The trouble is I'm spending all my time at the moment watching Jingle All The Way and Home Alone, so... Um... I know. Well, that's because it's the blight before Christmas. It's not enjoy yourself Christmas. Yeah. That'll be next year. So, so yeah. So I, I really don't have too much else to say about this this film because it was my first viewing. But uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and uh, and I would recommend if people haven't seen it or are only familiar with the remake, go back and watch the OG one because it is legit. I mean, the kid asks Santa for a house, which is pretty pretty good going i mean you know the kids are asking for like fire engines and shit like that but but our kid asks him for a house but yeah it's i like the fact that even even back then they were talking about commercialism and consumerism and his whole attitude towards things you know there's one mother who's kind of like very uptight and whatever and she's her kid wants this fire engine but she she kind of Whispers to Santa, or kind of, you know, in low tones, couldn't get a fire engine. Like, you know, Macy's is all sold out. And then Santa, like, opens up a, a, a book that he has, and it's, um, it's from another store. And he says, go to this other store. And they've got them there. And, you know, this woman's taken aback because he's, he's suggesting she goes elsewhere rather than Macy's. And this continues, like, he's, he's, suggesting they go to gimbals or you know they they go to to other competing stores and then this becomes kind of like a selling tactic for macy's because they were initially going to fire him but then the word of mouth and the sort of letters of and uh, of support they get from people saying you know this was this was something you know this is almost the start of the sort of altruistic appearing corporation type deal you know the 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 fact that they were there to help out and then you see later on that they adopt it as a store-wide thing and then you see gimbals adopting it as well saying why didn't we think of this so it's it's kind of interesting that uh that yes the whole commercialism and and whatever was was even being talked back in 1947 the company's doing good the sort of the sort of you know getting getting those kind of shares on social media these days they did a one kind thing a year could be christmas washing i beg your pardon christmas washing is that what they call it no but greenwashing is when corporations go on about their environmental credentials yeah <laughs> and then you have pink washing 
which I can't remember whether that's oh yeah, pinkwashing is when they all tweet for International really, Women's really gay, Day. Right. No, it's International Women's Day. Oh, rainbow okay. rainbow washing is when they do it oh, around um, Pride Month. That's that one. So yeah. Christmas washing. Christmas washing. Yes. Well, worth a watch. Cool. I enjoyed it. So, what is that against this year? Previously, I have gone for Arthur Christmas, and last year I went, as mentioned, I went for Klaus. So, sticking with the sort of, uh, I guess, more children-esque Christmas films, I thought we'd already done it, but I don't think we have. I've gone for The Muppet Christmas Carol. Humbug! It's safe for us to be up here. Yeah! It's a game of prize for being me. The winner would be him. Yes, Mr. Cratchit. If you please, Mr. Scrooge. The bookkeeping staff would like to have an extra shovel full of coal for the fire. How would the bookkeepers like to be suddenly unemployed? This is my island in the It's Charles Dickens' classic tale. As only the Muppets can tell it. It's good to be heckling again. It's good to be doing anything again. Filled with holiday warmth. Hey, 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 like the lamp, not the rat, like the lamp, not the rat. And Christmas spirit. <laughs> Jacob Marley. Oh, that's scary stuff. Hey, should we be worried about the kids in the audience? No, it's all right. This is culture. Brilliant. Okay which was released in 1992, and the plot is the Muppets present their own touching rendition of Charles Dickens's classic tale, A Christmas Carol. So it's A Christmas Carol, which is, I think, quite a remade ver- uh, version at Christmas. I think there's been, there's one a couple of years ago directed by Stephen Knight with Guy Pearce, I think, in the main role. Um, there's one with Ross Kemp on ITV a few years ago. Well, years and years ago. I, I remember you saying about that. That was a good version. There's been a Jim Carrey version, which was directed by Robert Zemeckis. Yeah, that one's creepy. The Dead Eye stuff. Yeah. And so this one stars Michael Caine as Scrooge and then Muppets as most of the rest of the cast. <laughs> Muppets as Muppets. Yes. Well, Frank Oz will be doing voices for Dan Shaw. Yes, Jim Henson had died, I think, a year or two before this was made. So he wasn't Kermit, that was obviously Steve Ditko, but that's the comics. <laughs> Steve Ditko is the co-creator of Spider-Man. Steve uh, Whitmire okay. is the voice of Kermit. Well, I, I don't think it's too controversial to, to state that I think this is actually my favourite version of A Christmas Carol. I think it's many people's version. It's, it's definitely the, the version I first came to. So I always assumed mm. that there was, because um, the Muppets, Statler and Waldorf play Jacob and Robert Marley. So I assume that there were two Marley brothers, but that's just for this, so you could have the, the, the Muppet pair. Yeah. I love Statler and Waldorf. Well, they're, they're great as as, uh, as Jacob and Robert Marley, and then you've got the added joke of it being Bob Marley. Yeah. And then <laughs> w- when they appear to Ebenezer Scrooge, they're surrounded by uh, whaling money boxes. So Bob Marley and the Whalers. Oh wow! I, mm. Wow, I didn't put that together. See, thirty-one years later, it's still surprising. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, this, this is beloved. This is absolutely beloved. So I, I think it's safe to say we don't have to wait a year for this. You've fucking won, <laughs> you bastard. But 
I don't mind losing to Muppets Christmas Carol because it's absolutely classic. And tell us of that. Tell us well, tales of its classicness. So the it's the plot of a Christmas Carol where Ebenezer Scrooge, who's a Victorian moneylender, a very uh, hard-nosed, mean moneylender who sort of steps over poor people and, you know, and is greedy and obsessed with money, is visited by three ghosts on Christmas Eve, the ghosts of Christmas past, Christmas present and Christmas future, and is told to change his ways or he will have a dark future. In this version, everyone is a Muppet, apart from Michael Caine as Scrooge, who is playing it 100% straight. He's not He's not clowning around with the Muppets. He's not sort of like, he, he's not winking at the camera or anything. It, it, he said at the time that he was only going to do it if he could play it as if it was, you know, doing it at Shakespeare's Globe or something. That it's as serious as if he if it is if he was in a stage production of it, he just happens to be surrounded by Muppets. Yeah, no, that's genius. It's like Muppet Treasure Island had had Tim Curry, yes, who you know, I mean, choose scenery at the best of times. Mm. Whereas, and that that does work, but this being a very very kind of down the line. Michael Caine performance where he's just, yeah, he is just your classic Scrooge is so much better. It's, it make, makes the Muppets that much funnier. Yes. And, 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 it, and it allows sort of more of a, um, your character development, like you're genuinely moved for him and you're genuinely pleased at the end when he, you know, when Scrooge is redeemed and it, it does feel believable. It, it is a shame that it didn't sort of kickstart a, you know they did they did Treasure Island, but it's a shame they didn't sort of do lots of Muppet classic literature. There's there's one bandied around every couple of years a suggestion that they should do Pride and Prejudice with Brett Goldstein as Darcy and everyone else Muppets. <laughs> I'd watch it. Yeah, yeah. I'd watch the hell out of that. But what makes this uh, different and possibly superior to all the other tellings of A Christmas Carol is this one has Charles Dickens in the form of Gonzo sort of narrating, but narrating as Charles Dickens. I think he's called Gonzo at the very beginning, but after that he's called Mr. Dickens, or Charles, or Charlie. Mm. Who's your favourite Muppet? In this. Well, in general, but in this. Probably Gonzo, because he's odd. Mm. Who would yours be? Yeah. But then I do like the cantankerous, I, I do like the sort of the grumpy cantankerousness of Statler and Waldorf. Yeah, I, but I think everyone likes them. I think they're they're like a free pass because I would have them uh, at the the top of my Muppet list. But I, Rolf, the the cool dog, and I relate to Fozzie. Hmm. You know, it, it's it's got Fozzie is is brilliant. So I think those are my favorite. And, and who doesn't love Al as? That's just a thing. He's just awesome. But uh, but that's the thing. They're so. It is amazing that these are completely beloved characters, and yet they do a really good job of fitting them into a Christmas Carol. Yeah, 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 yeah. We were sure. I was listening. To, it makes it makes perfect sense. I was listening to um, an episode of Bar Hamburg, which is by the Empire film journalist uh, Helen O'Hara, who every year will sort of talk about Christmas films, and so it, there's a season of it at the moment. Last year, she did A Christmas Carol, A Muppet's Christmas Carol. And she was talking on that and saying that it's... The fact that the the ghosts of Christmas, past, present and future in this are all... They were brand new Muppets for the for this film. It means they don't sort of bring the baggage of, of mm-hmm. you know, of it being uh, Gonzo or Fozzie or, or Sam the Eagle. Yeah. When in the, the initial... Oh, Sam the Eagle as well. Yeah, the, uh, the initial... <laughs> 
treatment what it was going to be that they were going to be existing muppets as as the ghosts i think especially the the ghost of uh, christmas future that wouldn't be nearly as impactful if it was a pre-existing muppet exactly yeah well that was going to be gonzo and you just see his nose beak sticking out <laughs> well yeah but again that, makes that, that would be funny yeah and for me, the creepiest uh, one is the Ghost of Christmas Past, that weird little doll thing floating. Apparently the puppet for that was was put in a tank of water and filmed and then sort of green-screened on, so that's why she's got that really eerie floating thing. Mm. But yeah, that, 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 that one freaks me out. Did you spot one of my favourite Easter eggs ever in this film? Is that the shop that's uh, Michael White's? Absolutely is that. Yes, I love that. For some reason, I, I just I just love it as just a, a lovely background thing, you know. Well, it sounds like a Dickensian Most, name, M- uh, Micklewhite. It does. If, you, if you're not aware, is uh, Michael Caine's real name, Morris Micklewhite. Morris Micklewhite, yeah. Which is a cool name, but you can see why Michael Caine sort of trumps uh, it. But uh, yeah, Micklewhite does sound like a Dickensian thing, so it's perfect. So what made you what made you choose this over everything else? I mean, it's a Stone Cold classic, but then. Well, sorry, just just, just going back to Easter eggs. Okay. One one thing I did read that I didn't spot is in one of the crowd sequences, there's a, one of the background muppets is a lobster hanging out of a basement window, because there's a line in one of Dickens's books which is like a bad lobster in a dark cellar. Wow, <laughs> that is a deep cut right there. Mm. Holy crap! Oh, I've, I've got to look out for that now. Wow, I had no idea. So why did I choose this? Um, it's a film that we watch every year. I have it on DVD or at physical media. And, I, I th- you know, I would have seen it in the early 90s when it was released. I can remember renting it from Janus Video Store in Abergavenny. Hell yeah. Uh, I can remember it having the awful Love Is Gone song in it on the video, which is quite boring which has been Mm. cut from subsequent versions and then put back into... I think if you watch it on Disney+, Plus, there's an option to have it with the song inserted back in, which they did last year for the 30th anniversary. Because the negative has been lost, but they found something like um, something you use to colour grade, so it's been cleaned up and inserted back in. That's when they go into the past and Scrooge's love interest, Belle, sings while she's going to leave him. In some ways it makes sense because... At the end, when they they're sitting on the sitting on the table and they start singing the love we found, it's a callback to the love is gone. So mm. yeah, that sort of makes sense. But the song itself is quite dreary, so it's not really a loss. That it, I can't even remember it. Yeah, you sing it's it not, for me. Well, at the end, where they say the love we found, just imagine that as the love we've lost. Well, the love is gone. Okay, all right. I mean, I was expecting you to fucking sing it rather than just oh that song that you've heard. Imagine that, but different words and different. But you know, that's cool too. But so why did you choose this? Because I wanted to win. Um, okay, well, I appreciate your honesty. I I did um, look at sort of alternative Christmas films because I, I quite like that as a topic. Sort of films you're. We we did that the first year, didn't we? Sort of films you watch at Christmas that aren't necessarily Christmas films. I did think about doing Greta Gerwig's Little Women, and I watched that, but I really liked that film, so I'd, I'd, I'd use that for another one-shot, I think. Because mm. although that was released at Christmas and there's elements of Christmas in it, as I was watching, it's, like it's not really a Christmas film, I don't think. It's a film with Christmassy bits. Um, yeah. But then, so, so putting Muppet Christmas Carol on, the, the opening... 
credits where they pan through the uh, the, the model London city scape, uh, skyline it, and sort of the, the, the music starts playing. And yeah, it's a proper Christmas film. Undoubtedly a classic. I don't know anyone who can resist the charms of Muppet Christmas Carol. No, I like... So my, I think my favourite song... Well, th- this, like Beauty and the Beast, starts with a song where, every, where the cast sing how annoying the main character is. Yes. Yeah. And it has the excellent line, no, no cheeses for us, Mises. <laughs> no cheeses for us, Mises. Brilliant. Well, OK, well, that's my Christmas treat. You, you doing that. That's recorded <laughs> now. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, it's... It's just, it's funny, it's genuinely touching at times. That's um, actually one thing I've forgotten uh, since watching it last year, just how thick and fast the gag rate really is. Like, um, <clears throat> the the sort of the visual things, the the slapstick, the, the, the lines, it, yeah, it, it's really funny. Like the lamp, not the rat, like the lamp, not the rat. Uh, that line in particular is stuck in my head because I think that was... One of the trailers on, I can't even remember what video it was, but it was one of the one of the trailers before. Hmm. I think probably a Disney movie. That the 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 trailer for Muppet Christmas Carol had that, and it had, it had that line, and I loved that uh, as a thing. So yeah, the, the the exact cadence, the exact scene is is I could I could recreate it accurately from memory. Yeah, it's classic for a reason, and it is a shame they haven't done more takes on the whole thing because it it would be so good to like i think it it you know while it is taking the piss out of the whole thing as i said i think it's quite the way it does it because a great version of a christmas carol because a lot of the dialogue and a a lot of um gonzo charles dickens is is um a lot of his lines is taken from the book Mm. but yeah it's a legitimately good version and and I think that that there's lots of literature that could do with Muppetization. And since Disney got the Muppets a while ago, they did a couple of films and and some of the stuff, but they haven't really done anything else. So yeah, there was a program that cancelled about it. But yeah, it it, it is surprised because I think the appetite's there for it. Absolutely. Absolutely, but yeah, the the ghost, the ghost of Christmas future, so that kind of uh, ring wraith dementor looking character, and the whole future thing is 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 incredibly depressing. When you know Scrooge has died, and he's sort of listening into people talking about you know how they they sort of stripped his house clean, and it's a, a poor funeral, and you know where's the money gone, and nobody misses him, and nobody cares. It's all it's all very sad and then you've got michael kane clutching at the the cloth of the ghost of christmas future sort of begging to uh, that he can change and that he can sort of put his ways right um yeah so you were saying that you love the muppets uh, muppets christmas carol but you're going to give the whole thing to me anyway before trying something new yeah that's what yeah, you're yeah, saying yeah, yeah basically yeah, that, that's sound of it no i i like it it's a it's a christmas classic it's yeah. Uh, Does it work for your kids? Do they? Yeah, yeah, they they love it. Yeah. Awesome. I think this, the songs are well, good. The songs are in my uh, amazing Christmas playlist. Did we hear any of them when we were board gaming? Did we hear any of the? Uh, they they would have been in there, so I, I think so. We might have just been playing a game and not listening, but yeah, they were in there. I might have the, been. But then the playlist is about six hours long, so maybe not. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, well, there you go, yeah. Loudly accusing you of being a communist rather than listening to the soundtrack. But then we play some games. We did. There's games in this, isn't there? The, the parlour games where he Scrooge is listening to his nephew where they're sort of trying to guess a, an unwanted creature. And uh, yeah, it's Ebenezer Scrooge. Mm. It's one of my favourite Michael Caine roles. Full I stop. think it's one of his favourite Michael he, Caine roles. Yeah, I think I think he's brilliant in it. And, mm. and I think it, that, that's, that's some fantastic acting right there, isn't it? Being able to, <laughs> to hold your nerve and do your own thing when you've got Muppets going around. Yeah. At the at the beginning, he is a you know a cold, hard character, like really mean. And at the end, he has completely changed to be you know warm and kind, particularly with Tiny Tim, the little Kermit frog thing. He's utterly believable in both uh, you know, you know in both versions of the character. Mm. Yeah, it's legit. It's it's a good story anyway. A Christmas Carol. I think that there's a lot oh, of, of good versions. Like, like the uh, yeah, Ross Kemp one, but <laughs> I think well, there are a lot of good versions and the Ross Kemp one. But like, <laughs> I wonder if Ross Kemp remembers I, he was in a, in a Christmas Carol. Probably not. But I think, I think that the fact that it is a story that has been mined for so many Christmas special TV episodes, so many films, yes, so many yes. kind of things, they always they always do a Christmas Carol, and and you know it it's. I think it's it's part of the 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 this the kind of way we approach the holiday and the fact mm. that it's yeah. it's reflection where we've been where we are and where we're going and and you know how we can we can change our ways if we're bad people or if we can change our ways if we're good people I, I I do like that as a joke this time of year where you know someone's being really mean you're like oop someone's going to be visited by three ghosts tonight how often do you get to bust out that joke, Rob? <laughs> it's very situational. Generally, people people have forgotten. Um, so every year. Oh, nice. Well, so it is a Christmas classic. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you've won this one because fuck, I want to vote for Muppet Christmas Carol because it's Muppet Christmas Carol. Well, we'll have to see but, how that goes next year. Yes, but I do suggest that people watch Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Because uh, it is so much better than than I was able to convey. It is genuinely great, and uh, yeah, if you're only familiar with the remake, like I was, it's still worth going back to watch the the original. But Muppet's Christmas Carol is Muppet Christmas Carol. It's it's one of those things where you just you play that, and it's an instant win card. Unfortunately, and Rob found it. I would have done it, but you know, I, I I believe in fair play and the spirit of the season and everything, so I didn't choose an absolute trump card this time. No, but you have to I, before. Uh, That's why you went for it's a wonderful life. It's a wonderful life. <laughs> yeah. I know. Shut up, Rob. I'm enjoying the view from my high horse. I don't need to be <laughs> dragged back down to the gutters where you are. You little gutter snipe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, what do you think? How hard has Muppet Christmas Carol won? <laughs> um, vote next year or this year. Who gives a shit? But enjoy good Christmas movies. And let us know some of your favourites. Please do, actually. There may be, there may be some that, that I haven't even heard of or haven't even kind of watched or always mean, meant to watch and didn't. So... Please get in contact with your favourite Christmas things. What is, like Klaus. what is part of the rotation this year? Like Klaus, yeah, I still need to watch that. 
Um, maybe by this time next year I will have watched it. I've, I've got a good couple of couple of days. I've got a good week to to pack in Christmas movies. It's not all Home Alone stuff. So yeah. Well, guys, I mean, do we have any other? Do we have a, a point at the end? Are we are we all done? No, just continue to wish you a merry Christmas. We continue to wish you a Merry Christmas. Those wishes are forthcoming. They exist in perpetuity. So have a good one, you cunt. I don't like that song because it's just it's just demanding figgy pudding. I don't. It, yeah, it's, it's yeah. always going to feel uncomfortable. There's a yeah. bit in, in the Muppets Christmas Carol that makes you feel uncomfortable. It's when the spider is going, "What have you got for Joe? Eh? What have you got for me?" It makes ugh, the the delivery just makes you feel. Horrible. <laughs> so you heard it here first. Muppet Christmas Carol, too hardcore for Robert Benyon. <laughs> he has to mute that little bit because he gets scared. That was one of the that was one of the things on the IMDb trivia page where someone had written about how how a lot of people view this as a very scary film and that lists all the things in it because of the ghosts and because of the ghost of Christmas future and because of Tiny Tim being ill. And it's like it's a it's it's the story. It's yeah. It's just a really weird thing to say. But you still watched it with the lights on and the subtitles on, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. So, Merry Christmas, one and all. If you celebrate. If you don't, have a good holiday, whatever it is. Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Tet. Happy, Happy holidays. holidays. Yeah, that's it. I hate, I hate how that's been hijacked to like people go, oh, I hate that. It's just Merry Christmas. No, it's no, it's not. It's a nice, inclusive thing. It's always been there. Whatever holiday you celebrate, if you do, have a fucking fantastic one. And please join us in the new year for more crap. Rob, anything else to say? Nope, just that's it for this week. Thank you very much for your time and thank you for listening. We'd love to have your feedback. Please email podcast at the popcornbucket.com you can find us on instagram at popcornbucketpod or threads at popcornbucketpod if you're able to it'd be great if you can rate the episode wherever you listen to your podcast and subscribe and share thank you so much to Lawrence Owen of Long Camp Media for the theme music many thanks take care and see you next episode ho 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 hoed you added more hoes yep you're like Snoop Dogg (laughs) (laughs) what he said uh, I really wish I could do a Snoop Dogg impression, but I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think that's a safe impression to do, Rob. Believe it or not. Bye. No cheeses for us, misses. No cheeses for us, misses. No cheeses for us, misses. No cheeses for us, misses.